Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Free market capitalism is compatible with any amount of social spending. And with this quote by Steven Pinker from the book Enlightenment Now, I would like to welcome you to the Drinking Politics podcast, the podcast where an activist and consultant get together after work and talk about politics over a drink. And as always, on the other side, I would like to welcome Alex. Hello. And uh, hello, Alex. Um, so just call it Steven Pinker. It, it, it sounds to me like um, he's making a point that yeah, free market capitalism is always able to, like, is, is so flexible and can, like, uh, it, it has the freedom to provide social care, social spending, as, as he argues here. But why, why why is it so detached to emotions in terms of like capitalism, this kind of socialism, you know, and like this this people power aspect, like this like the power to the people, you know, like this why why is why why is it easier to kind of fall in love with these left ideas than it is to fall in love with these free market ideas? Oh come on! I, I don't think it's quite like that. Um, <laughs> you you traipse his way over to to Romania and you say, oh, um, what do you feel more emotional connection with, uh, left or the right? Or if you word it more more cleverly, do you feel emotional connection with socialism or capitalism? Um, they're going to feel the connection with capitalism. <laughs> it's uh, it's that typical human thing where you want what you don't have. So, you know, the Romanians were under communism, so now they've, they, they, they didn't have capitalism and, and now love it. In I suppose in Britain, right? Um, young people have always grown up with capitalism, which is why you get so many young people that love like left-wing ideas. What I quite like about the quote, though, was that... Interesting. I mean... Yeah, it is interesting, but what I like about it is that it basically says that they're both compatible and we should stop arguing, <laughs> which um, is an interesting thought, and I suppose probably the ultimate centrist argument. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm I'm reading this book Enlightenment now for for a while already. This is probably this is probably the most challenging book I've ever read. Like I'm, this the sort of book I'm reading while like uh, I have always with it like a pencil a pencil right next next to me and making notes like uh, uh, it's like writing like the part I've read so far is like full of notes of myself and. Um, so he is he's very good at kind of like taking different perspectives and actually surprise you at the same time with like facts. But um, I think like he, I think he's right. I, I don't disagree, but at the same time, this is what he's able to do. Like he brings in this, this, this kind of, yeah, if, 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 we, if we just allow it, if we just um, let it happen, then it can happen sort of. Um, I was once reading a book of um, uh, Friedrich Merz, like he is a conservative in Germany, who almost made it to, to become the candidate of the, of the chancellor for the conservatives in Germany for the next elections. Um, he said a similar thing. So I, I was reading this, like, yeah, this makes sense. It is compatible. Yes. But 
as soon as you have people in power, maybe they don't do it because they're greedy or something. You know, you, you cannot. There's there's a, there's a feeling what probably people have with like liberals, uh, or like just this kind of neoliberals that that like you, you can't let these guys do it because they are like just greedy something. That's, a, that's an accusation, right? Um, well, I apologize for that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. No need to apologize. Well, maybe. It depends who's listening. Uh, please send your abuse to uh, the other Alex, not me. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give you his details later on when he's not looking. Um, well, he's not looking. It's a podcast. Hey. Um, just, so. Just, just address it to Alex. <laughs> I, you, you, you can never not trust anyone and you can never trust anyone at the same time. Uh, I mean, trust in politics is so low right now. Um, that's, that's, that's a given. It's pretty terrible. Mm-hmm. Look, in the UK, our current Conservative Party of, of the time recording um, is, is very neoliberal, right? Um, and the Conservative Party in the UK has not always been neoliberal. It's gone through different forms of it. Um, obviously, neoliberalism wasn't even invented until the 80s, but that's pretty irrelevant um, for the modern day because to say you can't trust anyone because they get greedy if they're on the right automatically says oh no that means we must have a left wing government forever because that's the only thing that can run a country why should we trust them either right like like why is one side more trustworthy than the other um, yeah okay you might agree with one side more than the other but why is one side more trustworthy Excluding like far right and corrupt people and far left and corrupt people. Um, again, the current conservative government right now is a bit um, a bit sort of, you know, outside the box in terms of traditional conservative. But like if you talk about like your, your standard conservative party, standard like left wing, social democrats, socialists, the labor party, whatever you want to call it. Right. Mm. In any country. Like, why can't you trust one or the other? Surely like they're all the same. Right. Because they all believe in something that they want to do better. Oh, you think so anyway? I think so. I think they all want something better for their country. Isn't that sort of like the human condition in politics? It's always like, okay, it's like maybe you have brilliant speakers, very charismatic people who are very good at public speaking, good with words, writing and speaking. And um, it's like... I think history has proven, right? Like, it just just look at Germany, look at like Italy, um, <laughs> even America, the U.S., Trump. Like, um, they, they 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 just fall in love with these words, like uh, bitter, like bittersweet, like uh, sugar sweet words. I mean, of of these charismatic charismatic people. But like, this is just like, is, is, is democracy too advanced for humans? You know, ah, it gives you a headache sometimes. Like, how, how can democracy? How can democracy let things happen like that? Like, like Hitler. Like, I don't know how Mussolini was elected or came into power, but like Trump. You know, like it's nothing new though. Like, like charismatic people. There's nothing new about charismatic people doing well. All right, people think, oh no, Trump and Boris Johnson and and uh, I don't know, Kaczynski in Poland. I don't know if he's charismatic or not, but he's popular, right? Orban, Hungary. Um, I suppose the uh, you know the, the these are not unique. Um, go back in history a bit. Um, Tony Blair, right? Ronald Reagan, yeah. Margaret Thatcher. Go back further, right? You've got um, FDR uh, in the, in the America, uh, you know Roosevelt, and then you got the first Roosevelt, Theodore, 
Um, he was a pretty charismatic guy, uh, riding on horseback and all of that jazz. Um, you know, go back further, you've got kings and queens of times gone by. I'm pretty sure Napoleon was probably pretty charismatic, right? Um, otherwise, how on yeah, earth would he have got... Yeah. Well, I mean, we don't know for sure. Um, Cromwell, he may have not been charismatic, but he must have been an inspirational leader, enough that for people to go and join his cause. Mm. Uh, let's go back further. I mean, come on. Like, Julius Caesar... Hey, <laughs> as far as back as records go, Alexander the Great. I mean, these guys were and, and girls, um, Cliff Asher, right? And, and other, you know, these guys and girls and and, and others have, have all been totally charismatic and, and populist and all of this. It's nothing new, and, and people need to get over that. Um, the, the details of it are changing and, and evolving, but it's 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 not yeah. a new concept that we believe in these people. Do you? What do you think about Gordon Brown? Hmm. Okay, here's an interesting one. We'll never know how good he was as a prime minister. Now, people will tell you he's awful. But what he's awful at is winning elections. If you're asking me about what, he, what you think about his political career, ugh, it's difficult, right? Obviously, financial crash happened. Um, was he to blame? Well, I mean, you can't remove all blame for him, but... Could he have stopped it once he joined, became, you know, prime minister? You don't know. Um, in his defence, he had a lot of economic reforms passed during his very short period of time. Now, obviously, that's in reaction to the, the crisis, but some of those reforms will have had a positive effect and helped the recovery of the country because by the time David Cameron had come in, you know, things had not started to turn, but things started to turn quite quickly afterwards. And um, Cameron hadn't had enough time for his policies to have an effect. Mm. So in theory, you know, he probably did some good stuff. Um, he actually did a load of like internal stuff you'd never have heard of. Like he reorganised his whole ministerial thing. So he moved like uh, ministers out of their departments and moved them into like war room like situations and uh, like got them together and working together a lot more. And, uh, and had, he had um, while Tony Blair used to take people into a private office and talk to them. Blair used to speak to everybody. Oh, no, Blair, sorry, Brown used to speak to everybody all at once um, in like intense situations and stuff. So he's a very different person. Um, but also, you have to remember everything that happened economically under Tony Blair was instigated by Gordon Brown because he was the treasurer hmm. of the country. Yeah, right. Like, the it's treasurer. Chancellor. It's funny that you say it, like uh, comparing Brown, like what Brown was during the Blair era. Um, the, um, the the current candidate for the Social Democrats in Germany, um, Olaf Scholz, he um, is currently the finance minister. So there's a lot of like uh, some dirty games between the, between like the Green candidate Baerbock and like uh, the the Conservative candidate. Like the the, fo the media focuses on these two as like sort of a battle, and there's like it almost feels like right now at the moment it feels like it has a third winner actually, and this is Olaf Scholz. Like he is actually governing, he is already in control of these things. Like um, he could be some sort of uh, you know successor to to Merkel, even if he's from other, from another party. But what 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 makes Olaf Scholz is so like he's so rather quiet. He's not a very like he he, he uh, 
I almost said he doesn't look sexy, but I, I'm not going to say it. But <laughs> basically, he just is. That's a record now. <laughs> that's I mean, on record now. <laughs> I like him. I like him. Like uh, when I lived in Hamburg, he was a mayor. Uh, he did a good job there. He's he is popular for being just like yeah, a bit more grounded, and he's doing a good job, um, especially as as a finance minister under Merkel. And um, but he's 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 not very charismatic. He's smart, like he can he can he can show that he is a statesman and all these things. But uh, he's rather quiet. And like for me, it's like I, for the first time I see his comparison between, uh, or I see the the similarities between um, Schultz and um, Brown. Okay, um, but how similar are the is, is the finance minister of Germany and the chancellor of the Exchequer in the UK, right? Under Blair slash under Merkel, right? The 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 arrangement that Blair and Brown had was that Brown had a lot of autonomy to do a lot of what he wanted to do mm. in the Treasury. While I'm not sure Mr. Schultz actually has the same level of freedom under Merkel, because it, the policies that Merkel's government, Merkel's coalition government produce are still certainly very Merkelite. Merkelite. Yeah. I quite like that. That's why I said, like, uh, Olaf Scholz seemed to, like, uh, just, as a, just as a brilliant successor to Merkel, even if he's from another party, but they, they like, the Social Democrats and Conservatives became so, so close, like, Angela Merkel is, like, the, the the reddest red in terms of social democrat um, reddest chancellor the conservatives ever had and um this is sort of a problem probably one of the reasons why the social democrats are just becoming less and less popular because like merkel became social so social democratic and um but like however like uh, coming coming back to um it's like uh gordon brown here um he like I was, I think already in Scotland when when he was still prime minister, I think, and he he was very quiet. He was very quiet, but he he managed stuff. And like, I uh, very recently, I very much liked what he said about like, yeah, I want to rejoin this thing, right? Like, um, kind kind of, um, like like making case for leadership of where the Labour Party should go. Like for me, it feels like okay, it's like he is maybe bold, bolder than uh, Keir Starmer and uh, I think like quite recently like we also see um, all these like issues like with Brexit like uh, more and more problems come up like uh, this is this was my anticipation anyway that we sort of like see all these problems with time not now but different industries like kind of complain and raise their issues and now we have empty shelves and and so on and but um I think we just need, like, this would be great, like, to have someone like Gordon Brown kind of quietly taking the lead again, because, like, I think we just need to relax again. Like, the last five years, especially under this Brexit, like, uh, like, like post-referendum Britain, um, I think a lot of people would, would like to relax. Like here, like I see this from the campaign side. Like we, people are exhausted. Even like like really highly passionate rejoiners, remainers, are losing energy. They they're losing they're losing a perspective, a vision. 
Yeah, so but there's plenty of campaign. Oh, sorry, there's plenty of campaigns that are growing up and, and becoming quite loud now. Um, one dies and another is born, and a lot of those activists will move across after a little rest. I do tell you one thing, though: if we'd had Brown instead of Corbyn, then I suspect the world would be very, very different. Brown is obviously a dedicated pro-European as well, which (laughs) would mean that Labour would have easily been a pro-EU party. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. How about, okay, let's, let's come back to the topic of like, um, you mentioned it before here, um, that um, neoliberals are leading the government, right? Like, what, what happens after Johnson? Where, where is the Gordon Brown in the Conservative Party? Right. Well, okay, there isn't, but there is. Uh, well, that's when, a wonderful answer. <laughs> I know, right. When, um, when Johnson came to power, there was a lot of former front bench people, you know, ministers and junior ministers, who were swapped out. And they now sit on the back benches. They now are just MPs doing nothing. Um, without revealing names, there are definitely some of them at the time of recording who would be very, very happy, very, very skilled and very, very willing to jump forwards and become um, the next prime minister. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of people with serious ministerial experience on the back benches, and, and that's that's quite something. Now. It's not going to happen tomorrow. These people are quite happy with the Conservative Party being in charge. They know they don't want to do an early coup, because if they do a coup or something silly like that, then they might lose to Labour, which a good Conservative doesn't want. But we don't know who, but there are a lot of people in the backbenchers of the Conservative Party who would be more than apt taking over. But there's no one person. There's no Brown. Right? Just, there's, no, there's no sidekick of, of Johnson ready to go. There's, there's just... There's lots of anti-Johnson people ready to go. All right, right, right. So um, coming back to this quote I made in the beginning, uh, like a free market capitalism is compatible with, with such things. Um, I personally liked what uh, Rishi Sunak was doing. Like he, he, he did a very pragmatic thing, um, kind of really supporting the people. Support, like, of course, like he could have maybe some will say he could uh, he could have done it better. But um he, um, like, of course, like he, he comes from a certain group within the conservatives, but um, he, I think for the moment, he did the right thing. So, but he still seems very, um, not, not quiet, but like almost like very confident in, in, in the way he is doing things because like, hey, um, I'm, I'm the man in charge and uh, whatever I do is just necessary and I don't care what the Conservative Party stands for is just a necessary thing. I personally like that sort of pragmatism. So, oh, he's definitely pragmatic. I'll give you that. He's also not a Johnsonite, which is the key difference with him compared to like Priti Patel, who is uh, is, uh, is 
totally like with Johnson. Um, Michael Gove obviously have been tied to Johnson for years now. Um, so it, it's interesting you point him out as, as someone who's quite different. He's very popular, and he's also very popular amongst people who are perhaps not a conservative but might become a conservative, albeit temporarily, if he was in charge. And, and I've heard whispers, um, not serious like mutiny whispers, but I've heard plenty of people say, you know what, I quite like that Rishi Sunak guy, from people who are not actually conservative at all. Mm. He's very popular. I mean, Eat Out to Help Out probably, held, probably made him like number one popular um, because all the blame for that is blamed on Johnson, so he's 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 <laughs> he's done really well out of the Eater to help out, and I certainly ate well out of it, so I've got no complaints either. <laughs> did you I, did you enjoy the Eater to help out scheme, Alex? Of course I did. Um, of course I did. Like there was that was actually that was August last year, and that uh, that 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 is oh god, that feels yeah, has been has been a long pandemic, but like um. <laughs> I I remember like me and my partner we um uh we heard of that and we took advantage of it like of course we did that I mean we have to kind of this is how we felt about this like we we have to give the money back to 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 these industries like in terms of like sectors um that just have lost so much money um the hospitality sector like I I I, I love to go out which I like I, I love cooking but um, and the, like there was a period last year where I thought like yeah this this is a brilliant thing and I I I spent probably more than usual in in restaurants or like on Deliveroo like I don't know if Deliveroo like just Deliveroo deals with part of it but I, you know like I, I there was there was a there's a Weatherspoons here in, in Manchester at Peter Square um, where I saw this thing like I probably this has been in all Weatherspoons all over the country but. There was this like, um, like you know, like when when you see the menu outside of the Weatherspoons, like what do they serve and stuff, and that there was a little section of that menu, um, kind of describing like yeah, what this eat out help out thing is, and um, <laughs> and I personally liked this kind of um, introduction, um, like yeah, this 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 was this was introduced by Rishi Sunak, and then I think it was in brackets, legend. <laughs> Rishi Sunak, <laughs> legend. Like, 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 they, they didn't mention a title, like what he is or what what kind of role he plays in the government. It's just Rishi Sunak, legend. And I thought, like, oh, that's cool. That's good. That's 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 actually a smart marketing thing. And, oh yeah. Um, so, well, of course, Weatherspoons is conservative, though. I mean, that that's important to remember. <laughs> probably, but I mean, I like I like I like the breakfast that. Weatherspoons, so yeah. I, I go there. It's good. Yeah. It's simple. It's cheap. Weatherspoons is, is cheap. <laughs> would <laughs> Weatherspoons have put that legend next to Diane Abbott? Not sure they would have done. <laughs> do, we, do we get paid yet by Tim Martin here? Like I haven't seen any. Oh, <laughs> I'd love to be paid by Tim Martin. Um, <laughs> even though me and him do not agree at all, but that's 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 beside but the he, point. <laughs> he seems to be able to change his mind, and I like people being able to change their mind. <laughs> There's a, there's a whole load of pro-Europeans who have just uh, spat out their cake. Because, um, no, you can't have your cake and eat it. <laughs> yeah, just just listen to our Brexit episode and you will feel better after that. Yeah, don't worry. Um, we are, we are pro-European. Uh, if that's still a thing anymore in 2021, because uh, that's yeah. a debate. So, so. Anyhow, like, where I wanted to go with this question is, um, 
Uh, we should somehow expect under the first pass and post system and where like conservatives still sort of ruling the country. Um, just to be realistic right now, um, not 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 wishful thinking, but realistic. Um, what what kind of um, prime minister do you wish to to be there after Johnson? Kind of prime minister, well, a, a conservative, like a conservative, like a, I mean, I I don't I don't see it yet until Keir Starmer ah. has some 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 really honest, very clear. It's not a concession. It's it's it's, it's like we mentioned this eighty three percent already, right? Eighty three percent for PR. So uh, until Keir Starmer hasn't publicly said yeah, I'm 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 for this thing, I I don't see a change in government and. But until then, uh, or in the meantime, whatever, uh, there's going to be another prime minister, and it's going to be a conservative one. So okay, what, so pretending what, what, the next conservative the f- is a conservative, right? If, if pretending the next one's a conservative, just as you say, yeah. And pretending the next one is going to be, yes, following on from Johnson. Mm-hmm. We have to ask ourselves first of all, why is Johnson leaving? He's not resigning anytime soon, so it's going to be a challenger to Johnson. Which means we can dream for something a bit different. I'd honestly love the Conservatives to go back to a time when they were a lot more grounded in reality. Um, mm-hmm. They cared about what Britain. They cared about the people in Britain a lot more. And, Which um, they cared about the economy. Now I, I can't name a specific person, right? But there's different okay. qualities from so many different previous Conservative prime ministers that I, you know, we should Mayor? definitely draw on. Let's talk about. Um, <laughs> and look, Mage is great. You know, he has a lot of like, key things going for him. Like, let's be honest, Cameron. You know, under his stewardship, there was a lot of reforms that happened to the UK that were quite important. Thatcher, she saved the British economy and created the single market. How much you love a hater? Um, you know, you go back. I mean, he, there's plenty of positive things that Conservatives. Winston yeah. Churchill during the Second World War. You can't ignore that. Right. No matter how much people say, oh yeah, but that doesn't count because it's the war. It's like no, it definitely counts. It was the war. My ideal conservative would be someone who is not libertarian and not super far like socially conservative. I'd much prefer the modern conservative. Yeah, and I yeah. think that's what the country is screaming for. They're screaming for something a lot more towards the centre of the world, where a lot more people can understand and feel. You know, they're still conscious about society. They're still conscious about economy. They're not going to start spending ridiculously. Which, to be honest, that's what Johnson's doing, right? They're just spending, 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 right? Yeah. So at the same time, they're not super sort of like, no, screw, screw these people, screw these people. Like, there's a bit of compassion. Right? Mm. Yeah. I think uh, that's what we need. That's the country needs. Yeah, I totally agree to that. Um, but what what I was just thinking is um, probably not from the ERG group or the current leadership of the Conservative government, but. Um, Someone, and like um, this is where we get hypothetical again. That's what I love about this podcast here. It's like, <laughs> oh yeah, don't expect to learn anything of how's, value from this. Don't don't cite us in your dissertations, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> how's, how's your white wine today? <laughs> Awful. I picked a terrible wine. It's so sweet. It's horrible. Honestly, like I'm not going to sleep for hours. Oh god, it's <laughs> like it's like it's like somebody poured a load of elderflower cordial into a glass. And then forgot to dilute it. It's just horrific. 
I love how the foul cordial with some chin and some, you know, but, 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 oh God. Actually, sidestepping slightly. <laughs> the weekend, the, the other weekend, um, somebody showed to me this horrifically strong, foul tasting Chinese, like, wheat based spirit of some sort. It was awful. Mixed it with a little bit of um, white wine, which was, and then a little bit of, quite a bit of like like elderflower cordial it was delicious but el- so elderflower cordial can be delicious but this 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 white wine just tastes all oh god awful. wait you, 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 anyway. you're talking you're talking about a chinese white wine cocktail here yeah um so so eld, eld, i mean a good old elderflower like um cordial can actually make many oh. drinks very very tasty uh, and if, if if there's an elderflower cordial uh, manufacturer out there who wants to sponsor this podcast, they are very happy to send us a bottle, and I will try it with many spirits. So let let me come back to the topic before we. I think we almost have to finish this podcast here. One 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 thing. Okay, it's like maybe you don't like um, white wine Chinese cocktails or something, but maybe you just got too comfortable with your. Um, cheap wines <laughs> like we we should maybe drink something else we, we drink very often white wines here but um i think i think like this is what um coming back to the initial question of like this kind of battle between uh free market capitalism and communism like social spending blah blah i think um what everybody desires right now in the uk is some sort of change we we, we don't I mean, the UK public showed it, um, the voters showed it, we don't want carbon. Johnson was um, the least worst option in this case. I'm saying this Ooh. as I make votes better. Controversial. Controversial. Oh I, 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 can, I can hear bricks being launched <laughs> to your window. Um, again, ladies and gentlemen, if you want his details, please get in touch. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I am a make votes matter. Uh, cross-party speaker so i'm this is one of my arguments like people vote for the least worst options this is just the system this is not the people's fault it's the system's fault okay like this this is just the way it is um otherwise you just waste your vote if you want to waste your vote okay go ahead um which is also appreciated especially from my point of view here but anyhow um what what i wanted to say is like um people uh the voters the voters they, they shouldn't be afraid to mm, leave a comfort zone. Uh, maybe, maybe uh, they should leave a comfort zone and they, they should maybe try this, maybe, maybe try something new. Maybe sh- should try this new Chinese white wine cocktail or something. But like at least it's, it's some sort of advancement, you know, like of course, yeah, people get older and like you try to secure safe things that you are building up and I hope personally hope like even with the conservatives, I personally believe it. Like um, this is one of my theories. There is a prime minister who is conservative who is going to bring us back to the European Union potentially. Um, and their argument will not be will not be um, uh, this emotional one like this this which is like you know like as I mentioned before like this communist socialist left argument like it's, it's so easy to emotionally be attached to this but there will be a rather rational pragmatic um economical reason to rejoin the european union and who is who, who can which party under this current system who which party can claim this as easy as the conservatives 
It's a good question. We should um, come to a we should come to a title of this podcast. <laughs> it's a good question. Um, What's the title? Is, I don't know. Who who is the next Gordon Brown? I think it's probably the title. Mm, I have I have. It's not uh, very catchy, is it? I have a don't trust politician on horses. Where did the horses come from? Was I? Yeah, we mentioned something about like Cromwell riding on horses, or uh, you said something at the beginning. Oh <laughs> yeah, but I mean like, oh gosh, that's a difficult one for the title, isn't it? Um, don't, don't try Chinese. Don't 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 buy white wine. Um, no, let's go for eat out to help Rishi. Oh no, we don't want to. I don't. I, no, I still don't want to promote this guy. Sorry. <laughs> I don't want him as prime minister. Well, there you go. Who's the next? The question is, what happens after Boris? Is that is that the, is that the episode title? Yeah. Some, some, Although traditionally, I have to say, I have to say, I prefer using the word Johnson because prime ministers traditionally um, go by the surname out of respect, right? And it's very odd that this current prime minister is so keen about going by his first name. Um, so actually, we should probably say what happens after Johnson, but Boris would be catchier. I we're trying to get people to listen to this if you haven't noticed yes. I don't I, I don't like put up a question as a title let's make a statement <laughs> don't trust politician on horses you know what we're not going to agree this so um, <laughs> guess what you'll find out the title oh well, you've already found out <laughs> yeah I pressed the publish button so it's fine and on that note ladies and gentlemen um, I, I, a final remark from me is always remember that parties can change um we recorded this on the 29th of July, and um, everything could have changed since this. Uh, so you're probably watching this, and the Conservatives are communist. Who knows? <laughs> and on that night, thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. Good night. Um, good morning. And, uh, and on that night, ladies and gentlemen, goodbye. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.